morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike Jewish Slater Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Instead of Christian Slater. You thought we were back on rappers? <laughs> I just remembered one that I hadn't used before last week, which is, yeah, I like how, I like, I like, no, they cannot. I like how you're also encroaching. not working i like it so spike is literally right now saying they can't hear me and everybody in the comments is saying yes Spike is muted this can't is i spike. can do it yes i did it hey <laughs> hey folks jewish slater <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of my fellow americans this is a muddy waters media production uh we are so happy to have you. Be sure to share this right now. Comment, like, share, subscribe, follow, hit the bell. Do all the things that you need to do to maximize your potential to increase our algorithmic reach. Oh, God. Matt, go ahead. <laughs> First and foremost, allow me to thank the fantastic and wonderful, kind people at siestacava.com. Um, SiestaCava.com, uh, very fantastic, magnificent people over there. So if you have not yet tried the, as I have recently started dubbing it, the hippie moonshine, um, and want to try the libertarian Kool-Aid, uh, you should go to SiestaCava.com to get the wonderful, tasty kava that I drink on every episode of The Muddied Waters. Oh, oh, damn it. Allow me to thank... I'm getting water. I... Okay. I'm I've been on an airplane all day. It's been a long day. Had a lot of things going the, on. The owner of SiestaCava.com is actually in the comments over on Twitch. Um, I'm not going to say his name on here. Uh, but uh, he is opening a Kava bar near me, and I'm very excited about it. It's called the Kava Shack. So if any of you are in the Pinellas County region of Florida in the next few weeks, he will be opening uh, the Kava Shack. Uh, very excited to... Uh, very excited to this go is, there uh, after they open this. and give him I, money right um, since he's been giving me so much free kava for the last six, eight months. I don't know how long he's been a sponsor, but uh, wonderful place. Yeah, Sarah, super fan Sarah Andregs in the comments, and she says that it's dope. Um, but yeah, if you, if you are a Twitcher... If you're twitchy, uh, you should go somewhere. to right Twitch back. and follow us there so we can become uh, affiliates or whatever it is that you do on Twitch besides stream video games while sitting in hot tubs. We aren't going to stream video games while sitting in hot tubs, but we will stream all of our shows live on Twitch. Um 
for Jason, uh, Siesta Cava, you spelled Siesta correct. Cava is with a K, K-A-V-A, Siesta Cava, K-A-V-A dot com. Um, <laughs> yeah, Spike does need some Cava. When he comes down for the uh, Florida Libertari- Libertarian Party of Florida convention, I'm going to see if I can get him to drink some on a show that we may or may not be doing live together. Have from freaking tap water that's fine mm, yum water from the tap and i'd like to thank myrtle beach municipal water system for this <laughs> delicious water that i'm drinking because what the hell bula vanaka bula vanaka the youtube feed is apparently jerky and i'm not gonna i'm not blaming youtube this time <laughs> I'm blaming YouTube. What? What? This is. What happened with YouTube? I don't know. She me. just said it was being jerky. I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm being jerky, so it could just be that, folks. Yeah. Speaking Starry of jerky, surprises over on Twitch and gets all of the feeds there. So you know, if you are a twitchy person, all you have to do like is go Twitch. to Twitch, and you can help make us affiliates. This is the arsenic-free water. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian... Where is it? I don't know. I don't see your computer. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Crocus, the fastest-growing waffle-related... If you go to the Muddy Water store, you can buy buttons that have this on it for only $5, and that'll change everything for you, really. Gravy King, Cumberland Cannabis, which sells CBD gummies from Tennessee. CBD from Tennessee. Google that and see what that means. Joe Soloski is running for governor of Pennsylvania. If you want to help him, that's fantastic. Go to joesoloski.com, J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I dot C-O-M, and you can help Joe Soloski run for governor. He's the key. It says right there, key to Pennsylvania success. And if it says it there, well... Who the hell are you to question that, huh? You're you're learning it here, and we have never lied to you. Jack Casey has these books. The yep, Royal they're... Ring, the Green Ring, and the Butterfly with the Dagger. And his next book, please buy it, and I'll name it whatever you'd like, is coming out this summer, uh, just in time for the 4th of July. You go to royalgreen.com, theroyalgreen.com, you can buy these and more fantastic books written by a libertarian. Who has fantastic hair. Who has great, I've not seen his hair. I mean, just a mane of liberty flowing off of the top of that man's dome. You can get that book, uh, royalgreen.com, and Chris Reynolds. If you feel like suing someone after watching this, I don't blame you because so do I. And you can go to chrisreynoldslaw.com and you can start that process. But you'll lose because I'm Jewish. chrisreynoldslaw.com Folks, this episode is a great episode and there's many reasons for it. Number one, I'm falling asleep slowly because I've been on an airplane all day. And right before we started this show, I ate a very large meal because I hadn't eaten all day. And I sat down, I ate this meal, and I said, this is going to give me the energy that I need to conquer the rest of this evening. And instead, 
No, nope. No, that's not that's not happening, Matt. That's not the way that's not the way that works. That's not how it, food works, apparently. It, it it seems like that's how it would work, but instead your body's just like, well, now that I have sustenance, I need rest. Food gives you energy is a huge crock that big food is selling you to get <laughs> you to buy more food. food. Is, yeah. Big food's just trying to get you to buy food. You know what energy comes from? Not eating, apparently. That's where it's really at. Not eating. And having to run to make your connecting flight. That's where energy comes from. Yeah, that's where you get other, your real endorphins. That's where that's where melatonin comes from. So folks, the <laughs> other reason this episode is so great. <laughs> the other reason reason this episode is so great is we have a special guest, Matt. We His do. His name <laughs> And he's been very patient because it's 8.30. Oh, yeah, he has been very patient. Imagine being I, him. I feel so sorry for our next guest. I feel terrible uh, for him. He is currently running for Florida's 20th House District, uh, running for Congress in Florida's 20th House District. Please welcome Mike Termott. How are you, gentlemen? We're already better because you're here, Mike. <laughs> It's well, a... I can see that. I'm just sorry that my main of liberty has been receding the past few years. But, uh, I bring what I have. Yeah, no, I'm right behind you, pal. Uh, we're we're Matt apparently isn't, but I am. This is incidentally, everyone. If uh, if you ever see me with hair plugs, absolutely, that is a signal that I'm running for president. Just go ahead and know that right now. I'm I'm not. There's no. That'll be I the would, big tip off. That'll be the big tip off. If suddenly I have a really nice the hairline I had in my twenties, then you know. That's the signal. Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you, uh, how, what brought you to libertarianism? How did you become a libertarian? I became a police officer a dozen years ago after I became a libertarian, as strange as that may seem to some folks. I like the idea of being employed to protect people's liberty. I was an Austrian-trained economist long before that, so I come by our party honestly. That is quite a a career that, a character arc there. You went from an Austrian economist, police officer. And trust me, I'm not going to pick on you for strange arcs of career. So I'll, I'll let you slide. <laughs> <in now. laughs> I'm not sure you want to be the one to throw that that touché. i won't pick on you either touché. That's touché. Touché. no it's very touché. true very true but, but but thank you i appreciate that i am a pro-reform uh police officer and an austrian trained economist and that means of course that there's two things i can't stand one is crime and the other is marxism but i repeat myself yeah i was gonna say that's that's uh uh that's you you don't like tuna or fish um right. so <laughs> So wait, are you still active duty or you're retired? Well, uh, don't tell my boss. Uh, I'm not retired. Uh, I am active duty. I work today, as a matter of fact. And are you are you a, a beat cop or you're a detective or what do you what do you what are? I am a beat cop. I am uh, on the beat. I'm a patrol officer here in South Florida. I drive a car, a marked unit. Wow. I have for about eleven years. 
Did you, you know you, this, Matt? I didn't know this. I, I had no idea. You don't hear a lot of... Uh, you don't hear about a lot of libertarians that are currently police officers. Um, My job is to protect your liberty every day. Well, not yours, because you were in an airport today, but if, if you were in my jurisdiction, it would be my job to protect your liberty. That's fair. So a Rothbardian police officer. Okay, cool. So what are some of the... Okay, so you're a police officer. What You said you're pro-reform. What are some of the reforms you'd like to see in, in your practice and in, and in law enforcement in general? Well, some of them are the libertarian bread and butter, right? We shouldn't be criminalizing so many things. There's a lot of justice reform right. vehicles that we should be pursuing outside of narrowly defined police reform, right? Uh, possession shouldn't, you know, whether it's weed or anything else, uh, shouldn't be illegal. Consenting adults should have the right to do in privacy whatever it is that they're going to do if it's not hurting anyone. Right. Uh, you know, and, and other bread and butter issues like asset forfeiture, uh, you know, prison sentencing. There's there's any number of libertarian issues, but in in the in in the police reform arena, particularly, one of the things that I push that I'd really like to see is that we need a reformed labor market for police officers. I think one of the things that goes wrong in our career is that you don't see any ability for police officers to become aligned with their particular departments in terms of the types of skills the department should be looking for. Police officers' uh, pensions are so often uh, not portable. And so you have officers get locked into a particular agency for their entire career. And so the unions try to protect officers from getting fired and thus, it's almost impossible, as most people are well aware, to right. fire a police officer, just like it's almost impossible to fire a teacher, right? Or yeah, any government employee, right? Right. right. Any government employee, that's, uh, that is, uh, by and large, the case. And, and, and it is the case at almost any level in any jurisdiction around the United States, or for that matter, anywhere in the world, right? The United States is not uh, unique in this sense. Right, right. And that's just not how labor markets work in more efficient industries. It's not how the labor market should work in uh, in in policing or in teaching, for that matter. So so then in in your, I guess, preferred policy change in this is that people would be more the, the police would be more portable in where they would go based on what they're like, for example, if they're if they're and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if their thing is for example, in forensics or something like that, that they could go based on where they're needed most for that as opposed to being stuck to a specific agency or, or, or department? Is that, am I getting that correctly? Uh, that would be absolutely a good example, and thanks for being so gracious about it. But uh, it can be as rudimentary as sometimes somebody needs to be dismissed, right? Uh, okay, they okay. need to be told that their skills are just not aligning with what we're looking for in this agency, and they need to go elsewhere. Okay. We need to be able to recruit officers who are mid-career. Uh, that's a very difficult thing to do, uh, again, because so often union contracts force new officers to start at the bottom of the salary scale. So it's very difficult to have any sort of churn 
that you would see in other industries. Oh, okay. So it it's not based on your performance. It's based on how long you've been in that agency. And so if you try to bring someone in mid-career, they're not going to do it because they're already getting paid this much. They don't want to come in at the ground floor while some schmuck that's nowhere near as good as them that they actually want to replace, ideally, is making more off the... Oh, okay. Well, no, I agree with that. I mean, and that's... And that's I mean... And it works that way for teachers and, and there's any uh, other things that we would like yeah. for the market to in ways we would like the market to look more like other industries as well you know police should be more transparently held accountable uh you know we should be negotiating for the for the right to pay the best officers more right. uh the the right to penalize officers who perform less it should be like any other industry now, I know this is not, you know, you're running for a state house race. And I guess theoretically this could happen. Uh, there could be state legislation that could affect this, but this is more than likely a federal fix. But because you are a police officer, what are your thoughts on qualified immunity? You, you are running for Congress, not state. This house. is a federal uh, U.S. Oh, you're state. running for the U.S. House yeah, District He's running 20. for Congress. Oh, right. OK. Well, then for both reasons, what are your thoughts on qualified immunity? <laughs> Well, there's, there's any number of things to be said about qualified immunity, including the fact that it doesn't affect so many cases as we might otherwise be led to believe. But the most important okay. thing about qualified immunity is the, the threat that it would affect any number of cases. And look, I think everyone needs to understand, especially police officers, my fellow officers, I think, have a hard time, myself included, realizing that this is on the rails. There is going to be change. Right. Right. And as they say in Washington, you're either at the table or you're on the menu. So police officers need to get to the table and participate in the negotiation of how this is going to go down. Right. Police officers fear the end of qualified immunity, of course, because they don't want to be held personally liable for a mistake that they make at work. Right. Um, you know, if you were in any other business, you make a mistake at work. How bad can it be? You know, you get the wrong jelly in the roll, uh, but you make a mistake as a police officer. The the results can be horrendous, can be catastrophic, can be life and death. Right. Right. And it's you know so often I don't want to talk about individual cases, but yeah, so yeah. often the horrific things we see truly are mistakes. And what I think that we need to come to to terms with is at the end of qualified immunity is a much bigger deal for employers than for employees. Because at the end of the day, employers are going to have to hold employees uh, harmless, right? There's going to have to be indemnification, whether that's in the form of an insurance policy like malpractice and yep. other industries, yep. or whether it'll be explicit by contract. Nobody's going to do this job, right, if you're told... Well, the good news is we're going to pay you a humongous salary, like $50,000 a year, but you might lose your house every once in a while. You know, it's not really a bargain too many people are going to sign up for. Yeah, no, so, uh, qu qualified immunity would almost certainly give way to bonding and insurance for individual officers and agencies. It, it would have to, both because that's what would cover when those when mistakes or, or, or uh, actual negligence happens, 
that leads to uh, a bad outcome that causes that, that where they were operating outside of the law or, or violating someone's rights and get sued and successfully as a result. It also means that bad officers, if they if this wasn't just a mistake, if it's an ongoing thing or if it was something that was actually as a result of actual malfeasance or negligence, they're not going to be able to get bonded, which means they're not going to be able to serve anymore. So part of that is the the fact that, yeah, I, I doubt it's going to be, you know, a cop makes a mistake and loses everything they have. It's 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 just like anything else. If someone has a job that a mistake can result in something catastrophic, they are assuredly covered by E&O insurance or malpractice insurance or some or even just general liability. I, I had liability insurance when my when my company was in full swing. So, I mean, that that's that's that comes with the territory and would necessarily need to. Right. You're exactly right. And I appreciate you being so sensitive to the issues because I know in your office there aren't mistakes made. But where I work, sometimes there are mistakes made. And Absolutely. this would give greater incentive for municipalities or other employers to align their training, right, with avoiding the costs that would yeah. come with a certain number of cases that would be brought to bear that aren't now because of the protection of qualified immunity. Yeah. So it would, in the, in the long run, I believe, do a better job of forcing employers to get more involved with training uh, and to align training with the interests of the community. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And it, it doesn't ne just need to be, because we focus on police officers, right? But anyone who is getting immunity for from liability, whether we're talking absolute immunity for judges and prosecutors and politicians, qualified immunity for police officers and federal or, or government employees, including federal employees, uh, or sovereign immunity, it, when you create an entity or a person that can be held harmless, no matter how bad it is what they do, or at least in theory, no matter how bad it is what they do, that creates a very powerful disincent perverse incentive for them not to be accountable. And, and it creates the cost benefit analysis that allows bad officers to stay on the floors. It leads to this sort of the, the so-called thin blue line culture of lack of accountability and all of these things. Whereas if you simply just hold uh, create a system whereby police officers are every bit as accountable and politicians and, and uh, judges and, and, and prosecutors and everyone else are every bit as accountable and, and public defenders for that matter are of every course. bit as accountable. What's that? Of course. Keep going. Don't let me interrupt you. You're yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. on the rails here. Yeah. Yeah. No, as, as accountable oh, as anyone so else Cohen, would be. Let me they... ask you furthermore, how you feel about uh, police reform, because I think you're absolutely on track when the courts don't work well, Markets don't work well. Exactly. And yep. libertarianism is about that. And, yes. you know, you were asking how I got involved with the idea of this campaign. It's because libertarianism is more important than just an ethics debate, right? Yeah. It's really about making markets work, courts work in this case, and it has real life implications for real lives, for real people. And when things go wrong, whether it's because of bad policy generally or too much government interventionism or you know, an inability of people to avail themselves of uh, liability courts, the problems disproportionately fall on folks at the bottom end of the economic ladder. And those folks make up uh, the majority of this district, Florida's District 20. Mm -hmm. And so these issues are very important to me and very important to the folks in District 20 that's why I'm running for Congress. That's awesome. Now, besides these specific issues, are there any other main issues that you're running on in your in your run for for U.S. Uh, district to, or Florida District uh, 20 for the U.S. Congress? Economic development in 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 general, 
poverty spike, and you may have heard this before, but if there's anything that your listeners remember, poverty is not truly an economic phenomenon. It is a political phenomenon. Poverty comes from bad policy. Poverty comes from too much government interventionism. And for this reason, it's important that we bring more libertarianism to bear and less uh, Marxism. You know, Marxism is on the march in this country, and we need to do everything we can to stop it, not because of the, the, the pride of our philosophy, because it makes people's lives worse. You got me sold, man. I, Matt, I know you have questions. <laughs> well, yeah. first, you first, guys are great. When are you going to be moving down to uh, District 20 so that uh, we can we can vote correctly? <laughs> I got to so, look at where I, I, I've been to Hollywood, but I can't. It's, it's near Fort Lauderdale, right? That's right. Uh, I am only a little piece of uh, Hollywood is is in the district. We're between uh, Fort Lauderdale and Miami, but this is a very odd district. It's uh, horrendously gerrymandered. If right. there's an award for gerrymandering, I think this district would be in the run for it. It has some of Broward, it has some of Palm Beach County, and they are linked together by a strip of land out in the Everglades, and there's even a little bit of Dade County in there. So it's a, sort of a hodgepodge. I'll be putting a lot of miles on the, on the truck. Yeah, I'm so, looking at it on a map, and it's basically like a big chunk of mostly uninhabited area with little like offshoots into the shoreline where the people actually live. That's right. And it carefully avoids areas where the incomes are relatively high. Yeah. That's a weird—what a weird—no, this was obviously a, a, a district created to protect— uh, a specific politician, whether that's the one that's still in office or not. That's wild. Well, I know you have Mr. questions. Hastings was a long-beloved Democratic politician down here. He passed away uh, in early April, so this is a special election. Okay. We were thinking it would probably be held in the fall, but uh, the governor decided to put it off until January. So the Democrats will have their primary. The Republicans will have their primary uh, also in November. I doubt the libertarians will need a primary in, unless we find a, a second uh, goofball that wants to take a bite of this apple. So we're, we're waiting to get those primaries behind us uh, mm -hmm. to get it narrowed down to three candidates. The, in the, as you might imagine, this is a very blue district. Democrats have been winning 80 to 20 against whatever Republican runs. Indeed, two elections ago, there was no Republican at all. So part of what it is that we're trying to accomplish is to demonstrate not only libertarianism, but to demonstrate to other libertarians that we can run in a blue district without either embarrassing ourselves or compromising our libertarian principles. So are you... Uh, um... Are you planning on so this could potentially be a two party race or have the has the GOP said for certain they're running someone? They have three people who are okay. going to face off in a primary, depending on whether or not they all qualify and that sort of thing. But, right. yeah, there's already three Republicans who have held up their hand. Oh, OK, um, Matt, did you I, I know you have some questions. 
most of them have been covered mainly uh, honestly, he, threw yeah, me, that's... he threw me off when he said that uh we obviously never make mistakes after being here for the pre-show um <laughs> no i felt no i felt every bit of that shade in that comment by the way yeah no uh, me too. Mike. Um, um and, and it was well deserved you guys too. run a tight ship i'm just glad that we're still on time Yes, well, somewhere. Yes, I'm sure we were on time. Um, let me ask you this: Are, are we gonna? Are you coming up to the uh, Libertarian Convention in Lakeland uh, in a couple of weeks? I am. When I found out that you were speaking there, I, I booked my truck. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll get to see you. We'll get to see you there. I look forward to shaking your hand. I look forward to it too. You'll get to meet both of us there. So yeah, uh, I there. guess, so uh, let's let's cl- close this out, man. Tell us how people can, if pe- people are going to want to help you, tell us uh, how people can reach you, uh, what, you know, your website, your social media, all that stuff, so they can uh, so they can help you Absolutely. with your Absolutely. Well, run. the best thing to do is to go to the website, which is MikeTremont2022.com. You got to spell it right though, right? It's M-I-K-E-T-E-R-M-A-A-T. 2022.com. And I'd like to emphasize that my phone number and my email address are both there. And those are the real deal. That's not just some uh, phone number that I picked out of the out of the ether. So if any of your listeners would like to text me, give me a buzz, chit chat, maybe do a postmortem on uh, your show, I would love the opportunity. If somebody absolutely has a few bucks that, you know, they just can't figure out what to do with it. They can waste that on the website as well, and we will put it to good use. Every time someone gives us a few bucks, I promise to buy another sign and put it in my boss's front yard. So, <laughs> well, yeah, we just oh your boss. The, uh, be- we just your included the, the uh, link into the show notes, so uh, everybody that is watching should be able to see that across all of the platforms. Uh, so hopefully. I'm not going to like, I did not know how this interview was going to go beforehand, but you impressed the hell out of me. Well, aren't you kind? The most important thing, fellas, is that the the people that live in this district, I believe, have not been represented well philosophically for many, many years. And if we can do nothing else but bring a little bit of uh, light in the context of libertarianism, uh, to bear, then this will have been a success. And so, um, you know, it's if anyone does want to throw us a few bucks, I absolutely promise it'll it'll go to good use. Well, yeah. we certainly Edward. will send people your way, uh, MikeTermott2022.com, and we will see you in uh, in Lakeland in uh, what three weeks? Couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's only a few weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's three weeks. I look yeah. forward to that. Thank you very much. Your show is uh, terrific. Uh, I've been a fan, uh, first time talker. Thank well, you. We, yes, thank we you. Definitely for, appreciate that. Thank, thank you, Mike. you for your patience, and, uh, Mike. Best Have of a great night. You in the campaign. Thank you. Take care, y'all. You too. Didn't know what to think, and no, that, that was that was blew, impressive. Blew my mind. Blew. blew my mind. That was fantastic. That was great. That was great. No, that was good. Um, So we're going to uh, switch on over uh, to Zoom because we hate Skype uh, and only use it because we have guests. So we're going to play this intermission and then we will be right back in just one sleep. We walked up into the field. We crawled up out of the ocean. 
vast machines with crudded up gears. ten, nine, volcanic granite buzzing with me. Five, we have to go for to start. Two, one, booster ignition. And carry you low in our belly. Sometimes a day seems to tick on for a year. Sometimes the sun sets a little bit early. We walked up into the field. We gathered around and around and around. Some places are graves that just haven't been dug. Some places are churches that haven't been found. We walked up into the field. We carried you high on our shoulders. Some plots are reserved from the beginning of time. Some fields are You want to get on the You want to get on the Tried so hard not to finish this song, but here we are. Hi, I'm. Hi, I, Matt. Where is your uh, your camera? I have no idea. Uh... Okay. Are you still on Skype? No. No, I am not. I am. Oh, wait. Hang on. Are you on the clubhouse? I started a, a thing. Yes, I, I am on the clubhouse. Well, I, you're, you must have started your own then. No, I'm in with you. Oh, there we are. Yeah, yes. no, I'm on. I am using my I'm on I'm on Zoom. Skype Fantastic. isn't even open. Fantastic. Okay, I don't know why we can't see you. Okay. Well, neat. Good. Um, can hey, you folks. see me in Zoom? Nope. Okay, we're going to try this one. No, we're going to just... There we go. That's what I'd like to see. We're getting somewhere. We're trying. We're, we're doing trying. what we can. Well, folks, while Matt's trying to figure that out... We are going to do the next thing that we do here, which is called the Mudwater Masala Cacao Rapid Fire segment brought to you by Mudwater. Folks, if you woke up today and said, oh my God, if I ever drink another cup of coffee again, I'm going to end it all. 
I would much rather drink something made out of, out of masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that's literally it. Well, folks, I have some amazing news for you. If you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, you right now, right this very moment, can order your very first tin, I think that's what that's called, a tin container of mud water, which is delicious, kind of. And I mean, it tastes like coffee, basically, and has is much better for you and has a little bit of uh, of caffeine, but not nearly as much as just you should try it. Go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud. Try it today. It's going to make you so happy. Kids such love happy, it. Happy kids love it. Kids love it. Kids love it, Matt. Yes. Nice well, I am still not there. It is still literally showing me on my video. Nice. How about that? That is neat. That is neat, neat stuff. Neat. Neat. Yay. Have you checked that you've got the right camera selected? I did have the right camera selected. Oh, uh, wow. And then I switched it over to the one, just the computer one. And then anytime that I, anytime that, Fun. oh, you, you know what, you know what happened here? What happened here? Do, do you want to know what happened here? I'm not even going to tell you what happened here. Okay. I'm not even going to tell you what happened here. I am just going to hope that that worked. Did that not work? Nope. It okay. did not work. What about now? Uh, that one works. Yes, there we go. So, folks, while Matt's trying to figure out how the computer that he owns works, uh, we're going to no, and we lost him again. There, nope, that's nope. My my Logitech is not working. Oh, good. On well, Zoom. Speaking of not working, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, was seen at a, a dive bar called Land Sharks in Florida over the weekend, uh, violating numerous state-mandated COVID orders, including dining with more more than six people and not worrying about... Oh, no, this actually was in Michigan that this happened. Yes. That's why I said the Michigan governor. Yeah. So, but she also <laughs> uh, she also told everyone not to leave the state and then, and then went to Florida and then on she vacation. Went to Florida. Yeah, right. then she went to Florida on vacation. But uh, yes. this was, she was seen at a dive bar called Land Sharks over the weekend, violating numerous state-mandated COVID orders, including dining with more than six people and not wearing a mask, Matt. That's right. And uh, when she was asked about this scandal, uh, she replied with, they have pretty good pizza. <laughs> I want to point out, this is not a joke. Oh, she really said that? She really said this. Wow. No, she really she really said this. Uh, she. she... <laughs> I thought that was a joke that you wrote. No, she legitimately said, and I knew you were going to do that. But um, yes, she legitimately said, like she said, I made a mistake, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But then she yeah. goes, if you are a spartan or wherever it's close to i don't know whatever college it's near uh you know the place it's a restaurant now they have pretty good pizza wow yeah yeah she legitimately do, said that do we get to say that to her like no when 
when we go there. I'm, by the way, I'm going to be in Michigan uh, for my birthday weekend, June 25th, 26th, and 27th, for the Libertarian Party of Michigan's convention, which is going to be illegally held at a, uh, a native uh, – let me pull it up because it's so awesome because we're holding it on a freaking native reservation at a casino because they're like, hey, screw you. We're a sovereign nation. And Michigan's like, no, you still have to follow the law. And they're like, nope, not our laws, pale face. Um, yeah, 26th and 27th at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in beautiful Michigan. Where the hell is this? In Michigan. It's on the Isabella Reservation just outside of Mount Pleasant in Michigan. That's where it's in the middle, it's a dead center of Michigan. Yep. So if you go there, come out to the casino, you can see us, and we can just thumb our noses at the governor who is thumbing her own nose at her own policies, just to show how, how serious she thinks this is. That's probably why she's letting us do it. Turns out the uh, Soaring Eagle Casino must have some fantastic pizza, huh? <laughs> So, I've been a re- so one day I do want to go to Land Sharks in Michigan and try it. And if that pizza is not the best damn pizza I've ever had, which yeah. it's in Michigan, so I'm already thinking it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. No, I you're mean, right. it's not New York it's or Michigan. Chicago. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's just Michigan. not the it's best. Um, but yeah, if that's not the best damn pizza, I'm just going to say you're a liar. Gretchen Whitmer. Lying Gretchen. <laughs> Lying Gretchen. Lying Gretchen. Well, speaking of liars from the Midwest, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced uh, that for the two-year anniversary of her term as mayor, that she would be granting one-on-one interviews to journalists as long as they aren't white. She says that Chicago Mayor reaches, or no, Marianne Ahern, of NBC says, as Chicago's mayor, or Lori Lightfoot, uh, reaches her two-year midway point as mayor, her spokeswoman says Lightfoot is granting one-on-one interviews only to black or brown journalists. Yes. No no white journalists. No white journalists, no. Um, So Tulsi Gabbard. Noted white supremacist Tulsi Gabbard, who was... (laughs) No, yeah, noted white supremacist Tulsi Gabbard uh, actually called Lightfoot out and asked that Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and other leaders join her in calling for the Chicagoans' resignation. Um, She she said that her blatant anti-white racism is abhorrent, and she calls upon Biden, Harris, and other leaders of our country, county, but I assume she meant country, of all races— to join me in calling for Mayor Lightfoot's resignation, our leaders must condemn all racism, including anti-white. And you might be thinking, well, that's okay, because I'm sure the brown reporters like this. Well, turns, no, not really. Uh, Gregory Pratt says, I am a Latino reporter with Chicago Tribune whose interview request was granted for today. However, I asked the mayor's office to lift its condition on others. And when they said no, we respectfully canceled. Politicians don't get to choose who covers them. That's the key point here. Yes, there's the the racism aspect or the race preference, because some people say that it's impossible to be racist against white people because of reasons. And, uh, but 
even putting that aside, this is an elected official right. saying, I'm only going to talk to people that I want to based on their Race. skin color. Yes. That's not dangerous. Now, I, I've seen on Twitter people have said, yeah, well, you know, Donald Trump, he only granted a handful, one or two interviews to people who weren't white. OK, well, that's also bad. And if he it was doing that and then that's that's bad, too. And that doesn't mean to do that in reverse. Right. That doesn't. The two two wrongs don't make a right. I right. think two we wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. Yeah. We we learned um, that a long time ago. Um we, as children, we learned as it. children. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's as children. As um children. it is great what about ism. Um but yeah, for her to just say, no, you I'm only gonna be granting it to this in this certain group is exceptionally racist. Just like if Donald Trump were to say, No, I'm not gonna give you an interview because you are black or brown. That yeah. would be exceptionally racist. Yeah, no, I'm fully uh, wrong. Yeah, it would be wrong. It would be the president uh, refusing to talk to people based on uh, a, a uh, identity trait that they have zero control over, and uh, and it would be really racist. So let's not anyone do that. Okay. I could even see giving preference to black and brown, but to say I'm only going to speak with only. black and brown report. Really? Right. Okay. Wonderful. So, I mean, this, I mean, um, imagine the precedent here. I mean, that could lead to, you know, libertarian politicians and candidates who don't like to give interviews to people. Because they're afraid of gotcha questions. So, speaking of People who don't like talking to reporters. Yeah, no, speaking of people who don't like talking to reporters and ran for president, Joe Biden uh, will not be the commencement speaker at Notre Dame this year, uh, nor will he receive an honorary degree from the Distinguished University, Matt. Right. Uh, and if somebody were to ask the White House, it's due to a scheduling conflict. If somebody were to ask the 4,300 plus staff and alumni that signed a petition asking him not to be invited, they would say it's because of that petition. That's kind of, a, that's quite a conflict. Right. Now, he um, did so, end up uh, being invited by the uni press, but that president, was uh, university the president. The university <laughs> press. Don't use shorthand in the show notes, please. <laughs> I thought that was like a name of a thing by the university no. president, uh, but that was before the petition was turned in. Right. Um, so this actually makes his administration the very first administration, well, the first administration to not speak at Mo Notre Dame's graduation during the freshman year of leadership in over 20 years. Wow. Bill Clinton was the last one that didn't speak in 1993. Was that because of a scheduling conflict? I don't know. I'm willing to bet he wasn't invited. <laughs> yes, I'm guessing as well. I'm willing to bet. Uh, my, so back in 2001, George Bush spoke. In 2009, Barack Obama spoke. In 2017, Mike Pence spoke. Hmm. And it is unclear, which is why I wrote administration instead of president. Um, yeah. And it is unclear whether or not they extended the invite to Kamala Harris. 
also not a joke. Like... No, I just. So on the podcast H three, which I don't, I don't know what that is. I have I no clue what this. I have no clue what, what this is. What is this? Um, I don't know anything about H three. I don't know anything that they cover. Um, I just know that the people on the show said this. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole, the CDC is like this whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. That video has 1.3 million views at the time that I wrote these notes. Do their videos often have that many views? Yes. Oh, okay. They are condoning that we just blindly listen to the government and we don't have to think about it. And when that guy says that, when that guy said that, when he said the CDC is just like, you know, uh, a governmental body filled with like scientists and they just tell us what to do and you don't even have to think about it, dude. He says it in the exact voice that I hear anybody talking about, well, the CDC said, like, that is the voice yeah, that, that's ev- like, that everybody that, that adopts in voice. my brain. Yep. yep. The it's moment just, I it's heard the it. CDC saying it, bro, you just go with you, it. You just go with it. You just got to do it, dude. Like, this, you don't even have to think about it. Now, this is the same CDC that has spent a year basically calling everyone racist, anti-Chinese, and transphobic if they uh, if they even suggested that it was possible that the uh, COVID-19 uh, originally accidentally leaked from the uh, Wuhan lab in, uh, in China. Uh, now they're reversing and saying, well, actually, there is no consensus on that. Uh, it turns out that actually could have happened, which is what many scientists were already saying uh, as they were being kicked off social media and publicly uh, and politically ostracized for even suggesting it. And now it turns out that might actually, yeah, the, the possible, maybe even 50-50. Now, a, a lot of that is coming from U.S. intelligence reports, huge grain of salt, as always. But uh, basically, we're having to decide whether the chai comms or intelligence services are lying more which is scary as hell. But uh, regardless of that, um, that's the same CDC that said you couldn't test for COVID for months and they just really keep losing and everyone else suffers, but you can totally listen to them. Right. I don't know what H3 is. So I, I don't won't be watching I, it I, I think they talk about MMA because that was coming after a Joe Rogan thing ah, where they were okay. ranting about Joe Rogan. Um, um, but in well, other speaking of idiots, in other wasted the, money, speaking of wasteful idiots, the Pentagon has announced that there will be an audit audit of the Department of Defense. Now, the Pentagon has never passed an audit. Not once. Hmm. And in completely unrelated news, the Pentagon continues to confirm UFO footage. You know, I actually, so I said this on Kennedy yesterday. We talked about the aliens and I said, well, I'm not worried. First of all, the Pentagon is not going to, the government's not going to release everything they know about UFOs. If there's anything real there. Um, Secondly, 
we clearly, if there are aliens, we don't have anything to fear from them because if they were able to come all the way here, they could easily kill all of us without us even being the wiser, and they haven't yet. So clearly, they're libertarians because they have a non-interventionist foreign policy. They have they do the occasional probing just to see what's up, maybe. That might they respect, just blame they them. respect property rights, it seems. They respect property rights. They're good. You know, they're good. they're just waiting to see if we as a species enlighten and evolve to the point of also adopting libertarianism. So if you want to do all the fun laser like space laser stuff and 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 warp drives and all that kind of fun stuff you gotta get we gotta push liberty along we gotta push libertarianism along so that they can see that we're also non-interventionists and so that we can go and be with the aliens and also by the way and this was that one of the other guests said I, actually i don't remember if it was kennedy or one of the other guests who said this but you know we always see aliens as these like ugly green things what if they're hot what if you're missing out on that and they're not even going to care that they're way hotter than you because you're like kind of this like new thing. It's like when you go to a foreign country. Yeah. You go to a foreign country and you speak in your American accent. People are like, oh, that's that's oh, a sexy God. accent. Yeah, and you're so thinking, different. what? So different. <laughs> Why do I feel like this? Right. So this how how what if that's what you're missing out on? What if the aliens are out here like. Oh my gosh, they look like monkeys. Oh, they look like little monkeys. I just wanted So and 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 here we are. We're like, oh, the green men are gonna come and probe us. And it turns out, maybe, but you're probably you couldn't you might like it. I guarantee so, that at least one person in the comment section right now would hook up with an alien day one. No matter what they looked like. I don't know who in the comments, but I guarantee one person in the comments would. I, no one's copying up to it, but they. I, Matt Hicks is just saying that they're baby owls. Right. Um, but, oh, Matt Hicks said he would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I did say anal probes on national TV. Well, first of all, Kennedy said anal probes. I just, I just said Repeated. to her, I thought it was really great how she transitioned in her monologue from Jimmy Carter to anal probes um or anal probes to jimmy carter um yeah no i i i think i i think we're missing out no and legitimately i think i'm gonna take back the word legitimately because i don't know how legitimately i think this but i think that they are actually releasing all of the like they're confirming all of the ufo footage because they're going to fail that audit and they're going to say, well, we couldn't tell you where this money was going. And that was to UFO oh, because research. because of the aliens. Yeah. We uh, have UFO research we had to do, but we couldn't put that in there. So that's why we're failing. I can't wait till the aliens come and say, we didn't do any of this. We had nothing to do with this. They lied. <laughs> Humans lied. People died. That money, is a good money, question about robust money. alien genitalia. We're going to re revive that. Yeah, one of my guests, we were talking about trans bills uh, and that there was actually references to how robust someone's phallus was. 
So, folks, now you're probably thinking I'm very – everything you're talking about hurts and to the point where I feel injured and want to sue. Well, I have great news for you because you can sue us with personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, who is also – the sponsor of the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Anchor Call-In Moment, where you can go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, and you can leave us messages, and we will play them right here on this segment every Tuesday usually, and we will play them right here for you. You can also leave money for us. If you go in that same section, there's a donate button. You can leave leave us some money. And so if you do, messages. your name will appear in the credits at the end of the episode. Yes, and we will <laughs> we will play that. To, I'm you're losing me. We we will play that. Um, I'm losing me too. Uh, we will play that at the end, and you'll have your name on it because we love you that much. So here right. we have three three messages today. Here's our first one from Kenneth Eagle. Nope. Why nope. is that not playing? I don't know. Nope. None of them are playing. Oh, good. Here, me... Neat. 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 Neato. So yeah, oh, go I know visit why that the... is. I know why that is. No, no, no. I know why that is. I know why that is. So still go to chrisreynoldslaw.com if you live in the Florida Florida region of the United States and you feel personally injured by people producing this show all right here we go hello tasha cohen spouse and super fan sarah anderegg's future husband if i'm so presumptuous this is kenneth evil live on the chris anchor attorney at reynolds call-in moment live unlike my friend dale who had a heart attack at a necrophilia convention anyhow um (laughs) what are your views on uh the (laughs) <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> That's too good. <laughs> the uh Carnegie uh steel company and uh standard oil uh monopolies and the antitrust movement back in the early nineteen hundreds. okay so 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 kenneth messaged me the other day and he said hey you may want to screen my calls and i said (laughs) i was like ken kenneth no kenny bubba i i have never needed to screen your calls you have sent me this message multiple times and you have never said anything that I would potentially not want on the air. And I stand well, by it. that still. I mean, I still stand by that. He still has not said anything that I w- care about having on the air. But um, he liked that joke so much. We um... So... The actual question, um, 
antitrust came out of the fact that you had monopolies that were enforced by government. It wasn't just that they dominated the market through just you know the best business practices. They dominated the market because they they used the power of local and state and federal government to entrench them as the top players through subsidization, through uh, policies that essentially made them the only player, through direct contracts with government agencies. They they were they created they were the original cronies, and yeah. um, you know the antitrust was basically like a. a the better way to have handled that instead of creating laws that now make it, you know, illegal to try to, uh, you know, create uh, dominant companies. Um, instead, the better way to have handled that would have just been to stop creating the conditions for monopolization um, and and for dominance of a, of a market sector outside of actual good practice, um, good business practices that leads to, to domination. So, um it was unnecessary. I get why they did it, but the better way would have been to el- eliminate the um, the conditions that led to that in the first place. So here's the next one from Kenneth Evil. Hello, this is Ken once again. My wife asked me a question this week, and I thought it would be a good one to pass along to you guys. So a little quick pretext. She's not really interested in politics, but um, she does like guns. Not enough to understand why there's a van parked across the street all the time, but she she likes guns. Uh, but she was listening to this podcast and they mentioned the whole good guy with the gun scenario and how that wouldn't prevent something like the Las Vegas shooting from happening. Uh, my, you know, quick answer to her would: How would gun control do anything to stop that? I can make all the guns that he used uh, allegedly uh, from home, so you know, it takes a mill. Uh, or someone with a CNC machine or something like that. But um, what, what's your guys' answer? Uh, do you guys have any opinions or any insights to this? Thanks. Bye. Do you have any thoughts on this? Because I definitely do. So a good guy with a gun would not have been able to really stop the Las Vegas shooter. That's kind of true. I have Once he was point. up there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Once, he, right, one, once he was up there doing doing his thing um and you know in before all the comments on you know there were multiple shooters it was a cia op let's just let's just run on the assumption that the story that they gave us was real right um that it was just one guy that carried an arsenal up to a hotel room and opened fire on a concert one of my buddies was actually on stage of that concert the band before the shooting started wow yeah um yeah his name's uh lee lee hewson and uh he's a guitar player like he's a session guitar player out of nashville um and yeah he was up on that stage uh right before it started but uh gun control also would not have done anything because i'm i don't know nevada's gun control laws but i'm pretty certain most of the guns that were used were not legal well and also mass murder is illegal well, yeah, that, you know, sure, that works also. Uh, okay. Um, so they do have, uh, they do have pretty lax, pretty, pretty lenient gun restrictions, but the casino doesn't. He was still able to get in there. He was still able to get his guns in there and still able to open fire on people. Um, Gun control wouldn't have stopped this. 
there is not any uh shootings happen all the time in areas with gun right. control unfortunately shootings they, are, are going to happen and and the in general the best bet to stop someone with a gun who's hurting people is to have other people with guns who don't want to hurt people and want to protect themselves and others um would that have been effective with the las vegas shooting would someone firing back have potentially slowed him down or at least stopped you know killed him or, or stopped him from being able to fire with impunity maybe maybe not um but it wouldn't have been any worse than what happened i don't yeah i don't remember how high up he was like i think it was pretty high so if somebody was if somebody at the concert had like a handgun on them that would have done yeah it would have done nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah nothing yeah. Yeah. uh you were gonna need some real power and you aren't bringing that to a concert with you. Yeah, you're yeah, you're not you're not bringing a high-powered rifle to a concert more than likely. So so no, probably not. But you know, this is an in, uh, an interesting thing. Some of the first uh, the two two of the biggest incidents that created modern gun control that happened in the 1960s and moving forward from there uh were the um uh the JFK assassination JFK assassination and the Kent State shooting. Both of those were examples of people in high buildings shooting people with a rifle, and it led to fear of guns because people thought, well, how am I going to be able to defend against that? It's one thing if someone's in front of me with a pistol or something but or, or nearby, but if they're sniping, then that's going to be hard. Now, Las Vegas shooting has a similar vibe to that, that it's someone up, you know, has the high ground and is, is firing on a crowd of people like, like in Kent State. Um Gun control isn't going to stop it. Gun, gun, there are plenty of gun laws on the books, including the NFA, that are federal. Uh, there are state gun laws in in, uh, in Nevada. You can't stop bad people from trying to hurt people. Um, but what you can do is reduce the conditions that typically lead to that happening. And getting rid of gun control does that. Right. There is no perfect solution. There's always going to be murder. There's always going to be mass murder, unfortunately. Right. And I was, I was listening to another podcast, uh, today, um, your clubhouse weirdly just went out. Um, mine did. Yeah. Don't know why just kicked you right on out. Um, but I, uh, I was listening to another podcast today and, uh, they were saying, you know, there is no perfect, there is no perfect solution. There's going to be issues in any, uh, society. Uh, some of them just have a lot more issues like, you know, Marxist socialist, uh, they're going to have a lot more problems than say a completely free society. Uh, right, right, right. And, pe- and people who often will speak about a libertarian society or an anarchist society, uh, people will always come back with, you know, who will build the roads or who are you going to call if somebody breaks into your house? You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're looking at all societies put together, um, the one that you have the greatest survival rate in is going to be the one where you have the most freedom and you have the most amount of ability to protect yourself, your land, your property. Um, So you want something that gives you that. Sarah Foster says it uh, perfectly. It's a forbidden fruit law. Okay, so we have good guys with guns and bad guys with guns. Let's take the good guys' guns. Now we have bad guys with guns and good guys without guns. And that's a right. perfect. That's actually perfect, yes. To punish the bad guys, we take the guns from the people that are following the law 
who are the exact people you want to have guns or at least that you right. are less concerned about having guns so that's actually a that's yeah no that's perfect yeah um, if, if if you outlaw guns only outlaws have guns right exactly and here is our last question from matt laser legend hicks hello there guy on left and tasha's husband this is matt hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney of law anchor calling moment tm i don't really have anything i want to talk about today i just wanted to say hi to you guys i feel like i feel like i owe it to you i'm really busy i'm doing this like summer job at a law firm and all this and like i get home late and I eat dinner late and then i'm sad so sad <laughs> anyway love you guys keep being awesome do you hashtag laser legend we miss you matt yeah we, we do miss, miss you. you we miss you a lot yep. um yeah we do we miss you a lot and i don't want you to be sad <laughs> don't want you to be sad well, folks, if you're feeling sad and you want to leave us messages, you too can do that by going to anchor.fm slash moneyedwaters, uh, and you can leave us messages to tell us how sad you are and how much you miss us, and you can give us money too. That way we'll miss you as well. Yes. Did you see somebody in the comments ask what kind of product Gravy King was? It's just the Gravy King. It's just the Gravy King. Like there's it's nothing else. The can Gravy be, King. It's brought to you by Gravy King. That is the only thing that can. That's all we can say about that. So, yep. Because so, we like because because we like to point out that we're right. <laughs> it's the only reason I did this next one. Yes. I could not go back to find the video that proves that we were right. You're just going to have to take our word on it that we were correct. For years. We're always right. We're always right. Yep. You're off at Clubhouse again. We might not oh, be able God to do Clubhouse sake. during shifts. Yeah. I don't know. Um, for years, Trump and his peeps uh, promised that tariffs applied to imports from China would not be paid by Americans. We all remember these speeches, uh, yes. you know. Trump wouldn't. China's gonna pay for it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. We're gonna win this trade war. We we're losing the trade war against China. America will not pay for it. America will not pay a dime. And now Biden, uh, not surprisingly, he has taken the same approach in his arguing and logic when it comes to arguing for tariffs um, against China. But. According to a new report from Moody's Investor Service, Americans are picking up quite a bit of that burden. And can anybody out there guess the amount Americans are paying of the tariff burden? Um, you know, throw in a percentage that you think we are paying. Uh, just toss them in the comments there. Yeah, just because just, just, you're going to be wrong. Just, uh, I, I, I was wrong. Yeah, I, was I was wrong, wrong too. I was reading the article and I was mentally guessing what it was. And I was wrong. 
Um, Matt Hicks is saying 100%, starry-eyed, surprise, 20%, 150% from Kenneth Ebel. Um, 90-plus percent from Katie, 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 from our YouTube listeners, uh, 75%, 110. Um, so the actual number, 92.4%. of the tariffs are being paid by you, the American consumer. Yep. I'm going to let everybody out there know right now this doesn't get prettier by the end of this story yeah so on chinese products that got hit with a 20 percent tariff rate bump the american consumer picked up roughly 95 percent of it or some some could say some could posit roughly all of it 95 percent is essentially all of it all of it it's yeah. a, it's pretty much all of it like if it's pretty much it's basically all of it if you and i are going out to dinner and you say let's split the bill yeah i'm gonna take 7.6 percent you take 92.4 percent yeah i'm gonna just be like well why am i paying for the entire dinner yeah 95 percent is we go out to dinner the bill is 40 bucks i pay two bucks and you pay 38 bucks right you you paid for it so to make matters worse when china hit america with new tariffs on american goods u.s exporters lowered the prices of goods affected by the retaliatory tariffs by nearly 50 percent, meaning that they actually lost and here's the part that some of y'all didn't get about the tariffs China is the one calling the shots right now because they're where the base of, of cost is lower and where the and our government is currently subsidizing the import of products back into the U.S. and has created uh, regulatory conditions that make it increasingly impossible for domestic manufacturers and providers to compete with Chinese ones even here. In that kind of scenario, any kind of hit being put on consumers is going to disproportionately harm uh, harm us and affect us poorly and they're going to be able to adapt to it because everyone wants their product to move to that market and there's no subsidization or incentivization of shortchanging them happening right so before 2018 uh the average tariff on imports from china this may have this made me so mad, so mad when I was reading this because it made perfect sense to me, but it still made me just mad because I knew who was paying this. Uh, the average tariff on imports from China was 3.1%, according to the Peterson Institute for International Economics. Now, the average tariff on Chinese imports is 19.3%. I'm not a mathematician, but I know that is much higher than 3.1. Yeah. Uh, the retaliatory tariffs imposed by China hiked its fees on American-made goods from 8% in 2018 to 
to 20.7. And again, in their case, almost half of it was eaten up, but or roughly half of it was eaten up by U.S. producers. So it was not the same where it was, you know, where they were paying all those fees on the on the right. tariffs. Yeah. Exactly. Now, Trump and Joe Biden will look at this and say that the uh, the average Chinese import is. 19.3% and the average American export is 20.7. And they will say that the tariff gap has closed. Right, right. From 4.9% to 1.4. We're winning the war. We're catching up. Everything's getting yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this win is definitely coming at our expense, at mm -hmm. your expense, at, at the American payer's expense. Because instead of just opening up trade, which would lower cost for us. They are making everything much more expensive under yep. the false guise that we need to win a trade war because they are charging more money for our products to get shipped into their country than we are to get their products shipped into ours. And again, because China is the base of manufacturing and operations now, U.S. manufacturers are willing to take that price hit that Chinese manufacturers don't have to make. Right. Because it is absolutely a buyer's market for their products and not so much the other other way around. So this hurts Americans both ways um, and drives up the cost of living and, and, and drives down profits for American-based companies. But they'll be able to say, yeah, we've closed the gap uh, and that's a win. Now, the American Action Forum uh, says that the uh, these tariffs have increased uh, consumer cost by about $57 billion uh, per year. The vast majority of that is, is being paid for by the people that buy Chinese goods, meaning people that don't have as much money. Uh, the, 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 the lower on the economic spectrum you are, the more the higher percentage of the products that you're buying are made in China or, or have parts that are made in China. Uh, the uh, tax foundation uh, estimates it to be roughly the equivalent of an 80 billion dollar tax increase on u.s businesses but america first america first we're gonna win this war um researchers from uh columbia university princeton university the federal reserve bank which you know uh concluded that the tariffs the tariff costs have been passed on entirely or at least you know 92.4 uh, percent right. to the u.s importers and consumers so when you take a look at the effects of the tariff uh the effects of tariff when you add the effects of the tariffs to the inflation that is growing rapidly, uh, add in the fastest growing economy in history, uh, which it's only the fastest growing economy in history because the government shut down the economy for all of last year. Right. Um, and is dumping money into it to try just, to stimulate spending. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The outlook is bleak for the American dollar. In the future looks good for crypto though great for crypto by the way that's why you're getting all these uh, articles about how you know bitcoin is terrible for the environment it's really bad it's a very ecologically unfriendly you know not nothing nowhere near as ecologically unfriendly as fiat currency which is enforced in its value through the uh through wars and uh and and you know and uh, and taxation 
uh, compliance and all of that. Uh, the reason that uh, U.S. Federal Reserve dollars have any presumed value at all is because they make you pay all of your taxes in it, which means every transaction you make has to either be made in U.S. dollars or partially converted into U.S. dollars to pay your tax burden, which is roughly 40% of the entire economy. And the cost of converting 40% of the economy into U.S. dollars is more than just using the U.S. dollar. And, and the hit you take is that it constantly loses value slowly over time. The other way that they keep propped up... Uh, the dollars through the petrodollar um, policy, which is where they have foreign governments, they force foreign governments instead of holding actual reserves of actual value like gold or metals or you know whatever. Uh, instead, they hold U.S. Treasury bills, IOU notes, as their foreign reserves. And uh, the countries who don't do that always just seem to need to be liberated by the U.S. military for some reason. Um, uh Oddly enough, yeah, if you're a small Oddly country, the, the two ways uh, that you can keep the U.S. government from attacking you is to either use their treasury notes as your foreign reserve currency in your in your central bank or to get nukes. Uh, and if you get nukes, then they'll just uh, blockade you and try to destroy your economy. Whereas if you just take on their, their damn IOU notes, they'll leave you alone, which is extortion. Um, but that's that's the uh, that's the reason that it even has any presumed value at all. Uh, and if you think of just how much, oh, and then you got to factor in the the cost of maintaining the actual banking system uh, around the world, the all of the physical banks, all of the banking regulators, all of the uh, uh, money markets, uh, everything related to the global worldwide fiat currency system. Uh, yeah, that uses a lot more power and energy than the crypto mining and the blockchain. The reason that they're putting this stuff out is because they are destroying their currency and they've got to convince you that it's bad to use crypto. Well, it's not gonna actually, work. they're working on their very own crypto. Yes. They're working on their very own crypto. Uh, Mr. Necrophiliac joke guy uh, sent me an article about yep. it yesterday, I believe. Um, and the, don't let anything fool you. What the U.S. government has been working towards crypto for longer than anybody has ever really thought about crypto because right. they have been working toward completely digital money. Um, when they started doing check cashing, uh, check cards where you could just take in your credit card and it just pulls it right from your bank. They were reducing the use of cash back then. Everything was going to be digitally tracked. Oh, they've been they've been moving towards paperless money, but they didn't think up the blockchain. They still wanted to have their centralized system that they can game and rig and print right. out endless notes, which is what any so-called crypto that comes or, or, or digital coin that comes from any central bank is going to be. It's going to be some new version of fiat that's just more exactly. efficient for them because it's, it's just printed on a it's, ledger. It's going to be Dogecoin. Um, but, the, and they, you know, they're not going to have limits because they're not going to have limits because they're not going to want to be restricted in that way they're not going to want to be held the pentagon needs 21 trillion dollars to fend off aliens um i don't know uh but they are not going to want to give off uh they're not going to want to give up that kind of power so they will they're going to say crypto but it's all going to be made up much like fiat already is they are printing out money in numbers that 
is impossible to comprehend. Like I cannot, we're what, $28 trillion in debt now? I think that's what it is. Hold on. Yeah. 28, 29. Like that is a number that isn't comprehend. Like you cannot comprehend that number unless you are yeah, an 20, actual 28, uh, 28 trillion, 28 trillion. And I don't remember the statistics on this, that like we've talked about it before. Um, but like a million seconds is something along the lines of uh, 30 days. Uh, and uh, a billion seconds is something like eight and a half months and a trillion seconds is like 32 years yeah or something. one million seconds is 11 days 11 days one billion seconds is uh gosh one billion seconds is eleven thousand five. hold on you're gonna make me do math is 31 years and 1 trillion seconds is 31,709 years. Yeah. So these are numbers that are, and that's in seconds. Like, yeah, that's in seconds. Those are throwaway moments for us, but we're talking 31,709, 710, depending on which website you look at um, years. Uh, somebody from the government's doing one of them. Um, but these are numbers that you can't even comprehend. And we are $29 trillion in debt. If we were paying back $1 a second, nobody will see us pay it, pay that money back. Nobody anywhere because the world probably will not be here. And I can't do that math in my head. 30, 30 times 31,709. They will do the same thing with crypto. There just won't be any real, there won't be anybody watching it at all at that point. Yep. Yep. It'll be like Dogecoin. Speaking of Dogecoin, Jonathan Reels is running for Congress. Back in 1996, presidential election, Jonathan asked his granny who else was going to vote for who she was going to vote for, the Republican or the Democrat. She looked him dead in the face and said a cuss to him. This was very confusing for an eight-year-old, but there were only two choices. You're just going to, who you're just, you're just not going to vote. And she said, nope, I'm going to vote. I just won't be voting for either of them. And so now he's selling the shirt of what his dear beloved granny said. All proceeds support his campaign if you go to voteforjonathan.com. Where where is Jonathan located? Alabama. Oh, okay. Cuz uh there was a billboard in Maryland, I believe, that said stop voting for that phrase. Um it was probably his billboard. In Maryland? Yes. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, doesn't seem like a good place to advertise your campaign. Um, Hey, Baltimore, come vote for me in Alabama. In Alabama. Um, So, folks, yesterday was a pretty big deal um, for two reasons. Well, many reasons, but the two that I can come up with. One, 
uh, I got to uh, I got interviewed uh, remotely from a studio for the first time, um, and then also, yes. So it was a big deal because I know. So it okay. was a big yes. No, I know. Uh, so it it was a big deal because I I did that in the studio for the first time, but also it was an important anniversary. Um, it was a one-year anniversary of something big, and in fact, we created a video uh, to commemorate that, which I am going to play now. We're going to spread the message of liberty far and wide, and I appreciate this, and, uh, and I, I will have plenty of other speeches. This is a rare moment of me not having much to say, so I will yield the rest of my time to, uh, to my running mate. One year ago today... The Libertarian Party nominated me to run for vice president. It was one of the greatest honors of my life to travel across America to meet everyday people where they were, in person and online, and listen to them. I spoke with people whose lives had been upended by a government who mistreated them, told them they weren't essential, made their lives too expensive to afford for themselves, and sometimes even abused them and put them in cages. I spoke with people who overcame incredible odds, reached for the stars against everything that was thrown at them, and thrived. I listened to their experiences and shared with them how liberty can make their lives freer, happier, and better than ever before. America needs solutions. And since the election, my team and I have continued to travel the country helping people, pushing for change, and offering them our solutions. In the last year, we've been to 40 states, had over 100 events, reached countless people, and spread the message of liberty far and wide. And we're just getting started. Thank so what's you to the announcement? If you want to be one among the first to find out what the announcement is, Matt, no, no, I, want, go to- I, I just want—I just want to know what the announcement is. I just think you should just say what the announcement is. I don't even know what the announcement is, people. Like, <laughs> if you want to know, you—you you actually do know what the announcement is. But if you want to know what the announcement is, go to spikecohen.com slash first, and you can be among the first to find out. Before all those other poor schmoes who didn't go to spikecohen.com slash first, uh, sign up, uh, give us your email, and we will tell you before anyone else. You will get to know before anyone else. Join the Spiky Mouse Club. We're going to call it something else. SPI. <laughs> I am Spike Cohen. K-E-Y-Y, K-E-Y-Y. because you are the power. (laughs) M-O-U-S-E. I, for one, am very excited about this announcement to happen. 
Andrea O'Donnell wants to know if they get buttons. And you know what? Yes, you can get buttons. All you have to do is go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and you can purchase Waffle House buttons that I will mail to you eventually. Since we're talking about the store, let's look at this shirt you're wearing real quick. Oh, yeah. The shirt. Show them this shirt. This this fantastic suckle on the teat of freedom shirt. That's right. This is the best shirt that we have in the store right now. It is. Un- Actually, it's not even in the store yet. I didn't make it go live because I didn't know if people would want it. I just wanted no, to get, get it. it. Put it on the store, please. God, please. Just put yes, it you in can, the store. For, for, for the audio only listeners, I have a shirt with a cow, a prize winning cow, I believe, uh, that has our logo emblazoned on the side. Um and underneath it, it says suckle on the teat of freedom. I made this shirt specifically for the love of my life. Uh, super fan Sarah Anderegg for Mother's Day because she really enjoys cows and she always says she wants one. So I figured this would be a happy my medium. Way, a happy medium. Happy she gets medium. a cow on a shirt and I don't have to have a cow, um, literally Everyone. or figuratively. And yeah, everybody, everybody wins. wins. But yep. she did not like hers as much as I love mine. It's her loss. That's a great shirt. Uh, please make that go live immediately because I want everyone to go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store and buy that shirt so we can all get together in Lakeland, Florida in two weeks, uh, two or three weeks, to enjoy that. So, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the muddy waters of freedom uh tune in tomorrow uh my guest is going to be i think i know who it's going to be is going to be Deidre mccloskey she's a uh professor emerita of economics and history and english and communication and an adjunct she's a professor of like 15 different things at uh university of illinois in chicago um we're going to be talking about um some of the mess with these vaccines with the supply chain and how the government just completely effed it up and how now more economic protectionism is going to make it even harder to get things it's just it's going to be about how politicians are idiots basically and matt Fair. who's your uh, who's your guest on thursday for the on- block? Thursday for the writer's block, I have Dr. Irene Mavrikakis. Yes. Dr. Irene Mavrikakis. She is a physician and interventional spine specialist, uh, and she supports medical freedom. Um, Very interested to having her on. um, Very interested in having her on. And apparently on June 4th, you're going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask her about that. Hopefully You're going to be running in a 5K. Yeah, I'm going to be in a 5K marathon sauntering. I can't wait for this. I think these people think I'm a Superman or something. I think often it isn't to, to correctly conveyed 5K. to them that I am a middle-aged Jew with MS. But I'll be- run in a 5K. I, do I know? believe in you. <laughs> okay. Good. 
Now I'll tell you, I ran around the airport today and that was a mile above. By the way, I'm feeling amazing. I was a, a mile above uh, sea level in uh, Golden, Colorado this past, uh, f- what, four days, five days that I was gone. And uh, the first day or so, I was feeling kind of like that. And they said, yeah, that's because of the altitude. And I felt normal by like day, end of the second day. And uh, came back here and I'm just like, I'm ready to go. I mean, I mean, I'm exhausted, but like, I'm not having a hard time catching my breath. I am. I am currently putting this on the store, like right now. Good. Uh, I'm going to go so, to the store in just a few minutes, and he'll he'll have it up there. So, head on over to the store, and then this weekend is actually a rare weekend that I don't have to go anywhere for the first time in like two months. Do you, I'll ask you after the show. We don't need okay. to do this now. Okay. They don't need to see us do this. And, uh, then, come, and then come right back. And, but the following weekend, I'm going to be in Delaware with Dr. Mavrikakis and Dr. Irene and a bunch of other, and Maj Ture. Um, Michael Heiss, Steve Sheets. There's a bunch of people that are, that are going to be talking there. Libertarian Party of Delaware's event, Liberty Speaks. In beautiful Dover, Delaware. We're going to be there. Oddly, that is where Dr. Irene Mavrikakis is from. Oddly enough. And she'll Oddly be there. enough. Coincidentally enough, believe it or not. Um, that'll be Shockingly. next weekend. Not this coming week, but weekend, but next weekend. So have a great Memorial Day weekend and then come right back here for the Muddy Waters of Freedom for Tuesday. Where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the sweet little spiky mouses that we are. Matt. Someone were to go. I don't know. Look for us on the internet. How? How would that happen? You know, all one would have to do is head on over. I need to be able to see my laptop. All one would have to do fall asleep is head on over to Anchor.fm/slash/MuddyWaters. I'm going to bed now. You would be able to. I have to go to bed. Do things like leave us messages, yeah, and and other things like give us money, so we can continue to give you the high quality, fantastic, wonderful content that you have grown. I, I legitimately almost fell asleep right then. Also, I would like everybody to notice that. Spike is missing hair here, and I am not. Um, Listen, I'm balding. I don't. There's nothing I can do. I told you if I, if you see if you, with nice good hair again, that means I'm running for president because I got earplugs. It is what it is. I can't control that. Doing the doing the Joe Biden thing, I understand. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I will one hundred percent do the Joe Biden thing with the earplugs. I will have perfect, perfect. Oh, hair. I, perfect. Absolutely. I get it. I absolutely get it. I will not make you vote for a Spike Cohen that has bad hair again. Ever. I will. That's my solemn promise to you. Or you can go to. You can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Well, that sounds like a dream inside of a fantasy. And this is now available on the store. In one of the style, I we have both male and female. Muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store. Get your 
cow shirt, please. And, you know, see you tomorrow. I will have- And Thursday. Oh, well, yeah, see, well, no, I'll see you tomorrow on my show and then Thursday is your show. Right, I was, you said see you tomorrow and I said, and on Thursday. And on Thursday. And on Thursday. And next week, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm so, oh no. To the Muddy Waters of Freedom. <laughs> to the Muddy Waters of Freedom. And where we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs>